0: I'm Melody Hilton
1: and I'm Joel Hilton and I'm Katie Stansfield and welcome back to Life Exchange. Uh, We're all super excited uh, to get into today's episode. So are
2: we going to continue our previous discussion that we were having before this, the CBD oil and the...
1: (laughs) It is always funny because we come into the room and we're just chit-chatting about life and who knows what and all around the world and back again and then we hit record and it's like... Hi, I'm Melody. <laughs>
2: we're very professional now.
1: It's like everybody has a phone voice. Like it just kicks into something different. <laughs> but,
2: so we're not gonna talk about edibles. Um today.
1: You know, I wasn't planning on it. You, <laughs> I don't know if we're get flagged.
2: <laughs> Parental advisory.
1: You know, now it feels like it needs explanation, but we're not no, going to give no. it to you. We're just going to let give you it. wonder about what we were talking about. <laughs>
2: so. Now we're going to get fan questions. Uh, <laughs> so what do
1: you think about? You can ask whatever you want to ask, and the answers are at our own discretion. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, that's So, let's
2: begin this podcast so with ambiguity.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes we need a little mystery in life. <laughs> keeps keeps things um fresh. Keeps you wanting to come back for more <laughs> to see what else you might learn about us. So.
2: Well, my grandma thought whiskey fixed colds, so Oh. Uh,
0: ah. Yeah. Doesn't fix them, but <laughs> And she moved into our house, and I said, "You put that away. I don't want anyone <laughs> coming into our house and seeing a bottle of whiskey." And
1: uh, well, I'll tell you, I have one shot of Jack Daniels in my pantry, and that is what it's for if I get sick. But I will also tell you, it's been there for years, so
0: <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so you grew up thinking that was the cure for the flu. I mean, or... I will
1: tell you that my parents did use such treatments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up. You're talking, you're talking one, yeah, one like swallow of, yeah, you know,
0: and they would. My mom would douse it with. I made her put all kinds of stuff, honey, all kinds. of Well, I remember else.
1: my mom would give us because my mom is like a she's a naturopath, but she would give us elderberry, mm-hmm. which is like ninety nine point nine percent alcohol with elderberry in it. I was like, this stuff is rough. <laughs> so it's basically, it's still alcohol. It's just you also have the the uh, antioxidants or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm used to drinking just disgusting tasting things as remedies.
2: So if you guys have any natural remedies, <laughs> please send it in. We would love to know.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, we really did get, get somewhere here in this first three minutes.
2: Well, I was trying to be more personable.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm okay with it. Mama's looking like, okay, can we get started?
2: <laughs> Let's talk about laying down our life.
1: That's right up her her alley. What
2: oh, is the first question? Yeah.
0: All right. Would you like us to get into yep, this? I yeah, I would. Okay.
2: We could talk about other drugs.
0: I got people to see, places to go, things to do, worlds yeah. to change.
2: <laughs> Humanities to love.
0: <laughs> yeah, humanity's to love. <laughs> I just put a post this morning. I am not, I no longer need to justify that I love people. I don't have to make excuses like loving people is not a good thing. It's a very good thing.
1: I think we all agree that it's a good thing. <laughs> It just comes out in very uh,
0: extreme language. That's funny how you say that. Are you referring to me when you say that? Yeah. Well, when you just said that, I go, you know, just today I put a post on there. that I don't have to apologize for loving people.
2: It almost sounds like when an athlete, athlete like the top of the game, like an NFL player, they're like, no one believed in me. I'm like, <laughs> you're playing in the NFL. Like are you saying <laughs> said like, I don't get that. That's kind of like, uh, who? No. my question is, who's been telling you, you know, you love no. people too no, much. what
0: it was, was before I was talking about the lies that I believe. So that was mm. like the ending point is like the lies that I believe that, uh, because of my life experience. And, you know, so I had limiting beliefs and, uh, I did not see the value. I did not see what I carried was as good as somebody else. And, Uh, but there There was was this, yeah, but there was this internal GPS that kept propelling me in a certain direction. And so now no longer do I need to apologize for, yeah. So yeah, there was a big, long thing that led to it.
2: Thank you for the explanation.
0: Yeah. Well, you asked the question, (laughs) so I answered it.
2: (laughs) I did talk to someone, uh, a listener recently that, uh, how can I put it? They thought when I make fun of you, it's very funny.
0: Oh, they thought it's very funny. <laughs> yes. And so, actually, sometimes prepared. I think it's funny too. I'm not sensitive. <laughs> hey, the people that love you, they're like, leave her alone.
1: <laughs> well, I think people that are just more like empathetic or like, yeah, have that nurture. Well, or maybe it's
0: good of me to put out a disclaimer I'm never offended. I don't mind being the brunt of jokes. It's okay. <laughs>
2: Well, you told us recently that you went to a church and they thought you were hilarious. Yes.
0: That was just this past week. They thought I was really funny.
2: And you were thinking about starting a comedy tour, (laughs) right? Hit hit the comedy circuit? No, I
0: just realize uh, I'm not a funny person. But when I'm anointed and I'm preaching, I say funny things that even crack me up. Because that's not how I would normally talk.
2: I've heard you preach my whole life. And, it's and never I never been funny? equated
0: comedy. Oh, it wasn't a <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't see myself as a comedian.
2: Well, there was that's a good. comedian that thought you were funny. Yes. Isn't he a comedian? Yes, yes,
0: that's true. Yeah. He might be listening now and say, oh, they were talking they're talking about, about me. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has a you syndicated radio program. All right. And he's a very funny guy and he thought I was funny.
2: Yeah, I listened to his uh podcast a few times. It's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah.
0: Great guy. Great man of God. He's funny. <laughs> funny. You can <laughs> do you do feel both.
2: valued right now? I'm not I saying you, I'm just saying <laughs> if he is listening to this, you're like, he's amazing, man. Oh no. no, uh, no <laughs> he's like, sure. uh,
0: see, I don't have to apologize for loving on people. <laughs> She just is who she is. Yeah, I just you're love gonna the get guy, what you okay. get.
1: <laughs> some some people will find it funny, some people will find it inspirational,
0: and some will go bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? You laughed. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I can say funny things every once in a while. Yeah. I just can't try to do it. Well, let's yeah. get I into think our that's
1: key. Don't try. Yeah, to do if it, it. slips just, just out, then it's you. okay. Yeah. yeah, happy accident.
0: Yeah, happy <laughs> accident. So let's get
2: into our funny question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Actually, this is laying isn't down, a very down your life question. and <laughs> death to
1: self. <laughs> the the mood's about to shift, and y'all. And very <laughs>
0: serious individuals will like, "Will they get to the point?" You know, and other ones are going, "I like this fun stuff."
1: Tell us which one you are right in. Tell us which category you, you fit in. You want yeah. us to
2: get to the point right away or be funny or try to be funny or... <laughs>
1: try to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or
2: you're on edibles right now oh, and God. you're just...
1: <laughs> Can you stop bringing up drugs, please? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All they're doing is getting a sneak peek, a sneak peek into the real us is all it is.
2: That's what people want. Oh. They want the real, the real us. us.
0: Yeah. With or without context,
1: apparently. <laughs> yes. Okay. All yeah. right. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we can make this question a little less heavy yeah. <laughs> as we get into it. Probably not. Probably not. But it starts with, well, I'll just read it. It says there is a lot of talk in the church about denying oneself. What happens when we deny our God given needs? Uh, what is the difference? I don't think I read that very well. Basically, it's like, well, we hear a lot in the church about denying yourself, um, but is that always like? Is that always um, godly? Is that always? Like the legit, legitimate way to be a Christian is to deny oneself. So, maybe just breaking down, what does it mean to deny oneself actually? What's the difference between?
0: Well, it's giving a parallel. Either you're denying yourself or you're focused on your God given needs, like one or the other, when in actuality, it's not an either or thing at all. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I viewed this as well, I, I do think that there is a misconception on what it means to not, to not to deny oneself. A lot of times people think, well, if I deny myself, then I lose or then I go without. But that's not really how it's taught in scriptures. If you look at in Matthew 16, it says, I believe it's in verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, "If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So denying yourself, taking up your cross is not about losing. It's not about going without. It's actually an exchange of life. And that was not meant to be like a wink wink thing, but (laughs) (laughs) it, it is an exchange of life. It's laying down your own life and taking up his life. So it's taking something, laying down something that is inferior and taking up something that is better. Yeah. And so I think if we can look at denying oneself in a new light versus like, well, I that means all fun out of life is gone and I go without. It's actually laying something down that is inferior and taking up something that is better, which is his life, yeah. which is not a I'm not I will add I'm not saying it's always easy or always pleasant but it is better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And it uh, in Matthew 6 it says seek ye first the kingdom of God and our propensity as human beings often if we're driven to get our need met we're focusing on, I need this. I want this. This is my desire. This is my dream. When in actuality, as Joel just said, it's an exchange. If I seek first the kingdom of God, He'll make sure all those needs are met. In fact, He'll do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. Uh, uh, it's the great exchange. You know, we give Him uh, death; He gives us life. We give us Him you know, our ashes, he gives us, you know, uh, instead of what? Instead of ashes, we have joy. Um, Beauty. Beauty. Beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So when we give him our lack, when we give him what we think is our need, then ultimately he restores. I know for me, the greatest thing that satisfies me is when I Have an encounter with God Mm
1: -hmm. when the
0: Holy Spirit speaks to me. That so transcends anything I could ever do by my own strength or my own power or by my own means. Because if I do this and this and this, it's going to meet my need. When in actually, in actuality, it's like the striving. And I think if we're driven just about our needs, we get in this real striving mode rather than what you just said, Joel, rather than stepping into an exchange of life. So if I have a relationship with you, Katie, just because there's something that I need from you, it'll never meet my need. But if we have an exchange of life, that exchange of relationship and life and care and love and all those things, it will meet needs. It will satisfy our soul. It will empower, empower partnership. partnership. So, so often we, it's where do we look? Where do we go that ultimately satisfies our soul? And um, and so it's, if seeking my need is my goal, then it, it'll backfire on me and I'll really be left lacking and needy.
2: Well, the ultimate outcome of pursuing after self, I believe... Uh, it 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 always ends up right in destruction i mean yeah. even jesus said uh if you try to save your own life you're going to lose it yeah yeah but if you lay down your life for my sake you're going to truly find it and paul he even speaks to this this same this same truth as everything else is lost. everything else is garbage in comparison to knowing yeah this great worth of Christ and and his life that he offers. So I think it's really important to understand that when we talk about denying self, it's not like, well, I'm going without, I'm just
0: suffering. Suffering, yeah.
2: And I'm not saying that it's always pleasant, but you're laying it down to pick something else up, which is of greater value than what you previously had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I look at Genesis in the beginning, the initial design, the initial model, and I see how God created uh, mankind and he filled them. He filled them with his breath. That's when we became animated. That's when we became alive, is when he filled us. And so I think sometimes in religion, there can be this thought that we have to be empty. But I actually think when you look at the way we were created, we were We were meant to be filled. He filled us from the start. And then um, we were always meant to be filled and we had full access to him. We had full access to all that he had created. Um, And then we chose to believe that we were lacking. And that's when it became a downward spiral of I have to meet my own needs Um, instead of being filled by him. As it
0: was originally intended, I believe also that many people search to have their needs met by looking to people, someone or something, which eventually runs dry. Yes,
2: right in Jeremiah's, like you, you've forsaken the source of life, and then you exchange it for wells that that cannot hold any water. Like you're digging for life that cannot fully satisfy
0: exactly so good and, and that that's an area where I feel so many of us as human beings will fall into that trap because we look to someone else or we look to wealth or we look to if I get this or if I obtain this this will you know make me happy or this will satisfy my needs and You know, that's that well that runs dry Uh, because no matter what we obtain in the natural or even some of the most amazing relationships we have, if we look to a person to be our source, well, not only can they not be our source, but it will place such a strain on a relationship that I believe it would divide rather than unite because, uh, being in ministry for many years, people would well like Melody. Melody can fix me. Melody can't fix anybody. <laughs> you know, well, Katie. If I go to Katie, she's going to have the answer. She's going to fix this. Right? Oh. No, that is it is impossible. You know, not one human being. I don't care how anointed, how graced, how gifted, how amazing, how wonderful they are. No human being has the power to meet the need. Of any other human being. Now, when God moves through us and He speaks to us, and it's His grace and His anointing, uh, that's beautiful. But uh, and and God uses us all the time, even in practical things. If we know there's a natural need, you know, we can if we have that ability to meet that need. But that is in response. Uh, To our love for God and our love for people, but ultimately you cannot meet that need of a person. You might be able to give them food if they need food, but you cannot meet the core needs of any human being. A husband can't meet the needs of his wife. My husband was so excited when I had that revelation because I was looking to him to somehow that if he did all these things, it would make me feel good about myself or I would feel loved if he did these certain things. He could never meet my need. And it liberated him when I discovered that because now I look to God to meet my need. And then from that, we have a healthy relationship. Yeah. And I I couldn't meet his need either.
2: I think there's also another side to this, because in the church, it talks about every joint supplying, so we yeah. have a role to play. Yeah, that's, in, that's true. you know, I'm not trying to be fun, but the exchange of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Taking the gifts and the things that God has given us and using it for the betterment of our, our church community. Yeah, um, I'm not sure where it's found, but it's... Scripture talks about that God is the God of all comfort, or He's the source of it. And when we are in need of comfort, we go to Him. And then from the comfort that we receive from yeah, Him, then we comfort, then we comfort yeah. those that it's are in so need. It's so good. So... Um, w- we can't be the source of life for fellow believers, but we can point people to the source of life. So if we mm-hmm. stay connected with the source, then yes, we have something to give. And I think a lot of times people get burnt out because they're trying to meet everybody's needs on their own power. Yes. But if they right. just rely on the source of life, then they'll have something to give.
0: Yeah. So good. Perfect And then, balance.
2: then if people are Trying to pull from you and say, "Well, then you're my source." Then you say, "Well, wait a second. There's an yeah. imbalance here. There's going to be dysfunction here yeah. if you think of me as your source. So let me point you to the source of life. Yes. And then, as you receive it, then then you can give comfort, or give peace, or give love that you receive from Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so that yeah. you know, hence the yes. exchange of life.
1: I'm glad that you brought that in because I was processing like how how do I wrap my brain around this? But because I do think like, I agree with both of you. Like I agree that God has to be the ultimate source because he's the, he's the source of you know, mm-hmm. all creation, but also we are his image bearers and we are actually meant to carry um, his likeness in us. So therefore we can actually perpetuate his design and we can actually in a way meet needs of the earth. Uh, I think that's that co-reigning that's that, that partnership with him, um, so like like we can actually provide compassion. We can provide justice. Absolutely. We can provide comfort and connection and intimacy, um, because we were created in His image and His likeness. It's just knowing that where that comes from, exactly, because <laughs>
0: you can lay hands on the sick and exactly. they can recover. Yeah, but you're not the one healing them. Yeah, It's you're a vessel, meet for the master's use. Yeah. And that's where I was going back when people look to us in our humanity. But isn't it true that someone can look and pull from the grace gifts that we carry? And But it's still going back to the point of recognizing it's not our might, it's not our power, yeah that has the ability to do the impossible. Yeah. But when we partner with God, that's a completely different story. But I love how you shared, Joel, in that because it goes back to, let's point them back to the source of life. Mm-hmm. A- anything you've ever received from me, that's because there is a source of life there. Yeah. That's where that came from. I cannot take credit for what only God can do and isn't it true somebody oh that was such a good message well that that was it was good because god showed up and his anointing was there and his truth was presented and it isn't because of who i am it's because of who he is in me that releases that
1: yeah i agree i think like there there can be this side of things where we slip into like this gnostic way of thinking to where i am I am nothing. I am like I am evil of, no. of myself, um, which I don't agree with no. Maybe you do, but no. um, this side of things to where denying oneself actually means um, that I am um, that I am evil uh, or that I am, no. you, you know, not valuable uh, in any way. Um, on my own, which I disagree with because God did create us. He created mm-hmm. humans in his exactly. image and likeness. He put his spirit in us, therefore giving us inherent value. Um, and so it's just like this kind of tricky thing because, um, yes, we always want to point, point people, um, to him. We always want to give him glory. Um, but also then recognizing that, that, um, he created us to co-reign with him, and mm-hmm. to be co-heirs with him, and and to be partners with him, and and um, to actually perpetuate value and life and spirit and um, you know, his kingdom on earth. It's probably a just this is a massive topic. Like mm-hmm. my brain is going in a million directions, but
2: I was wondering how we got to this point from that question.
1: <laughs> it's well, not the way. I thought the question was going to go. I, I thought this question was going to go more into a direction of needs because sometimes, sometimes Christians go, "Well, I just have to deny myself, deny myself, deny myself," and I'm actually like, "Well, actually, like, if you don't eat, f- like, like like, like God actually created you to be full, and so if you're not getting your God-designed physical needs met, like, if you're not um, getting water and sleep and sunlight, um, if you're you're denying those needs...
2: Then, getting your feet in the grass? I mean, <laughs>
0: hey,
1: yes, actually, I
0: could go there. So but. you think this was more from a physical perspective, not an emotional well, perspective? Well, I've just seen
1: where where there's this concept of denying oneself. Like, so I'm struggling. So that must mean that I have to deny myself more, which actually turns into more penance oh, and more, gotcha. more self yeah. um like deprivation rather than actually filling ourselves because we were created to be filled, whether you're talking about uh, we were created to be filled by his breath, by his spirit, or we were created to be filled in that um, he actually put systems in place to where if I don't get these things, I will suffer. And I don't think that's a godly thing. I think that's anti-design.
2: When you said penance, it jumped out to me because that that was something that I was thinking about with this question. So guess what? I looked up what penance meant. <laughs> um, no one is shocked. Well, it, it doesn't mean I don't know what it means, but I want yeah. like a clear definition for everyone. So uh, penance means voluntary self-punishment inflicted as an outward expression of repentance for having done wrong. Oh, my. And so the question is well, what is the difference between penance versus true surrender? I think it's quite different. Yeah. And it goes back to what I said earlier it's it's laying down your life so that you can pick up his life. Yeah. It's laying down your own way of thinking and taking up his way of thinking. Yeah. You're laying down his, uh, your worldview for his worldview. And that, How do you find these things out? Well, yes, the word of God. Yeah. But it's also in relationship with him and and discovering who he is through scripture, through his spirit. Yeah. So it's not in the sense of like laying down my life in a sense of penance, like, well, I need to make myself suffer to be worthy of something. Yeah. It's laying down your life so that I can pick up something even better.
0: Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Two totally different perspectives (laughs) of that question. (laughs) And, And with that said, I have talked to individuals that have said, I need to fast for five days to, you know, to get this need met or to whatever it might be. And I thought, wow, Jesus already paid the price. You know, if he's leading you to do that, that's beautiful because that might—because what's fasting? Fasting propels me to focus on the Lord. But if if I deny myself and don't eat to somehow try to convince God to do yeah. something for me, then— um, The more pain
2: you experience, the yes, more God will hear you. Is yes, that, kind of that type saying? of thing.
0: And it's like— Oh no! Jesus paid the price so that we could, yeah, you know, come before His throne freely and yeah, receive.
1: Any time that the focus or the thought is punishment, yeah, um, then that is us trying to do it instead yeah. of, um, instead of Him, instead of His kindness leading us to repentance. Yeah. It's this condemnation that's leading us to punishment, which uh, is gonna leave us empty and that's not denying our needs you know it's like if I heard someone use this example if you saw a starving child uh, in a third world nation um, and and you knew that they were hungry uh, would you to teach them a lesson would you withhold food from them like is that how they'll learn <laughs> no they'll learn from receiving they'll learn from being fed they'll learn from from nutrients and things being poured into them not from taking out and it it seems so obvious in that context but how often do we think well I need to deprive myself to teach myself a lesson when really I think it's more of no what what am I lacking that I need filled with that that will teach me the lesson that will teach me the way that I was supposed to be which is full
2: well, when Jesus taught the disciples about the kingdom, I mean, think of feeding the five thousand. Think of uh casting down your nets one more time and being so full that they had to call over other boats. Um, so abundance, God also teaches us through abundance as yeah, well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is really a massive topic that I think we've re- we've reached into many directions of it. Um, but you know, Hopefully it made sense and you got something something out of all of that. Um, I think it's definitely, uh, I think we probably hit like way more points than we were intending <laughs> with this question. As
2: per usual. As per usual.
1: So uh, let's move on. Let's get to our next question, um, which is, uh, I want freedom in my life, but I don't know where to start. What can I do? Uh, and this is just something that I hear just often is this um like a desperation of like, i I want change. Like something has to change. I just don't know what to do.
2: I think the last question kind of answered this question because the thought that I have, well, well, how how can you gain freedom in your life? Well, it's surrender. Mm-hmm. It's laying down your life. It's laying down your own ways and taking up his. Uh, in John, in John eight, it says, so if the sun sets you free, you are truly free. So it's laying down your life for his life. Now, is that always easy? Is that always, is it always pleasant? No, but that's the thing that's going to bring freedom is taking on his life and not try to save your own life.
1: Which I think is good and true in a macro sense. But when it comes down to um, the nitty-gritty <laughs> of it, what does that look like? What does it look like to surrender?
2: Well, I'm saying in the macro sense, it starts there. Yeah. So I agree with you that there is nuance to that and how that is how that practically is expressed in people's lives. I agree with you. But if you don't start with that first, yeah, then you're going to miss the mark.
0: Yeah. So, so what's the definition of freedom? I mean, I looked up definitions spiritually and practically. No. no. But what is someone? <laughs> I look up That's definitions. <laughs> I look up definitions. So, what is that person's definition of freedom? What are they saying? What does that mean to them? Yeah. So we could have many directions in, well, in I mean, that as well. I,
1: I wrote these questions, so I'll oh. just I so what, just, what if <laughs> so when but you, I think if, if someone feels like they are uh, in bondage to something, like there is either a cycle or um, a, a, a pattern, uh, which is the same thing—a cycle and a pattern. But but there's something that they feel like they are bound to, like they cannot get past, and it's affecting every area of their life. To me, that's where I'm, I'm saying, how do I get freedom when I just feel so bound?
2: Well, I think this goes back to what I said earlier about laying down your life and taking up his life. It, that starts with repentance. And repentance is saying the way I've been thinking about myself, about my world, whatever it may be, we lay that thinking down. I think a lot of times we—Christ we rem- has set us free from things that we hold on—we we still hold on to the chains of because of our way of thinking. Yeah. And so we—that's why it says that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. And I know that we, we can break this down to the real nitty-gritty, but it has to start with saying, my way of thinking is wrong— Or there are lies that I'm believing and going from a place that I need to repent and we repent by believing what he says.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that is good. I think it's a lot of times when we are so in it. Uh, like when we have been in bondage for so long, it is our truth. it is it is what we believe to be true. Uh, and so I will say this over and over again. Many people have heard me say it. I go one thing at a time, one step at a time, one thing at a time um, because we often try to take on this whole thing of I I'm so stuck, I'm so bound, I'm so whatever. okay, yes. How do we address that one thing at a time? And so I think when you're discovering um, that you or when you're realizing like, I want freedom, then what is one of those lies that we can identify? So, uh, yes, like repentance of saying, obviously I am not believing right. Obviously something is off here. Let's let's break it down to one, one at a time. So whether you need to do that with, um, you need to have a conversation with a pastor or a counselor or even a friend so that they can help you say, hey, you keep saying this. Do you realize that you keep saying this? Do you... Um, See how that is not true about you. And then taking that one thing and starting there, starting to um, quote unquote attack that one lie uh, and breaking that down so that every time you hear yourself say it, you go, okay, now I recognize it. Now I hear it. I didn't even hear it before. Before it was just normal life to me. Um, Now I recognize it. And then what can I do to replace that lie with, with the truth and have somebody else help you with that. If you are so like, well, it is true. It's true. It's what I believe about me. Okay. well, have them help you to see how it it has become so driven into your belief that it sounds true, but how it's not true. And then what actually is the truth. And then just hammer in on that one thing. To me, it's always going to be one thing at a time rather than like, My life needs to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just being overwhelmed by that. Let's break it down to one thing at a
0: time. Well, when I looked up the definition, just one aspect of freedom, it was the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants. That means I hold the power or the freedom to act, to speak, and to think. And... It goes back to what Joel said, you know, it's our thinking, mm-hmm. you know, your steps, you're you're teaching someone, uh, yes, it might seem like the truth or reality to you, but the fact is, it is not the truth. It is an ungodly belief, and what you're, how you're thinking is how you believe, and how you believe is how you act, and so it's put you into a cycle where you are actually in a place of freedom because you're choosing that. Yeah. Because if freedom is choice, but it's not freedom from the consequence of an ungodly belief. So step-by-step, step, like you said, Katie, one time, you know, you, one, one moment at a time. So often we look and we're trying to get freedom in the future. You know, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to accomplish. This is how I want to feel. But the only way we'll get to that place is by facing the moment. Yeah. And in that moment, okay, I have a choice. I'm believing I am I have no value, b- value, I'm not good enough, I'm damaged goods or whatever it might be. No, I have a choice to make. Am I going to believe what I feel, what my emotions are saying, or will I make a choice to believe what God says about me and rehearse that? And that is powerful right there. You don't realize how powerful that is, how that's an act of freedom right there, that I'm choosing to pray this, to believe this, to decree it, to proclaim it, uh, to believe it no matter how I feel. That's a pretty powerful person right there. That is a place of great freedom because you're not being controlled by a trigger by an emotion or by a circumstance, you're making a conscious choice to choose God, to choose truth. And just that action itself is freedom. Just that action itself is powerful. And when we do that this moment, and a minute later, we do it again. And an hour later, we do it again. And we rehearse that over and over and over what's going to take place is at some point in time, what you think, what you believe is going to align with the word of God. It will be your new truth. It'll be your godly belief. And then when you start believing that you begin, your emotions change, your feelings change, how you view life changes, all those things shift because at that moment when it's, felt like your world is falling apart and you have no freedom to control anything, you made a conscious choice to say, Jesus, I choose to believe what you say. Um, that great exchange, Joel, right? Mm. I exchange what I believe for what God says about me. And that's a powerful choice. And sometimes our most powerful choices are made when we feel so powerless. Because when I do it anyway, it takes a whole lot more courage than when everything inside of me, man, it's a great day. I feel so good. I'm just going to say what God says. <laughs> you know, it's easy when all your emotions align with that. But how powerful is your freedom when it seems like everything is falling apart, but you choose to believe what God says?
2: One of the things that I've learned in my own life personally and also working with those that are striving to gain greater levels of freedom is that the longer you're stuck in a situation, the more complicated you make it.
0: (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There was a time in my life where I was feeling lonely. And I was trying to, how, how can I fix this lonely feeling? And I realize I'm going to start making effort to get together with people. You know what happened? I stopped feeling lonely <laughs> to the point of like I'm kind of done with this um, hanging out kind of thing.
1: I miss my loneliness. <laughs> okay, my,
2: my need has been met, and, and, and but I, if if you find yourself in bondage, sometimes. You overcomplicate it so much yeah. when when God says, "I've unlocked the door." now you got to walk through it. You mean, I've been stuck in this thing for so long, and all I have to do is walk through it?" Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. and and someone might say, "Well, it's not as easy as that. Yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes, if you want to lose weight, you got to exercise. Sometimes when you want to lose weight, you got to eat right. Sometimes. I know there's someone, <laughs> well, there's a chemical, uh, blah, 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 blah. For the majority of the human race, for all of humanity. <laughs> it's sometimes that simple. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, I think that's I would it. say the it's, majority
1: is it's simple. It is simple. Easy, debatable. But what? because you're fighting yeah. against all all of your Past but I'm stuff. saying the
2: longer you are in yeah. something, you will complicate it. Yeah. You will make it more difficult than it actually is. Yeah. So you got to jump through all these hurdles just to walk through the door when the door's unlocked. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like something that I, like I hear and like I've experienced her for myself too is like, um, <laughs> some you go, well, okay, we'll just, we'll do this. Repeat the truth. And they go, oh, I've tried that. It doesn't work. Uh, or, like, like I, I just can't. I'm so tired. Like, I think the enemy will use everything. And it's, we can say the enemy, we'll blame it on the enemy, but I also think it's just our human <laughs> propensity to to not, not want to do the work. Um, but... Well,
2: if you've had conversations with people that, I need your help, Katie, you give them 20 two, solutions, 20 solutions yeah. and they have a reason why none of those work. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I don't know what to tell you.
1: Yeah. And at that point I go, okay, you're not, you don't want my solution. Mm -hmm. What do you want from me? (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I think like you said it earlier, mommy, you said we, we don't realize how powerful it is. And I think that's just it. I just say to people, say to myself, I don't realize how powerful it is. It doesn't seem like it's working. I'm not realizing that it's working. I think that it often is working. I think that when you start uh, eating healthy and you don't lose weight on day one and you go, it's not working. And then we get desperate and we try some like, you know, half-baked diet program when we just didn't stick with it. We didn't realize that it actually takes time. Um, and so a lot of times we get so, so into the emotions and, and we get so discouraged when it is working if you stick with it, if you just keep going after it one day at a time, one moment at a time, over and over and over again. It is working
0: even when we don't always realize it. I've learned that I do not have grace for tomorrow. I only have grace for the moment. And in the moment is our place of power. In the moment is when we can experience God's grace Mm -hmm. right then. And so if we try to fix it over the long haul, that's just very difficult. But if... Well, because I can fix... tomorrow, I can't fix... Problem of tomorrow today, and if you really think about where fear kicks in, is when we're afraid of what is going to happen. Yeah, and what's what tomorrow? If I'm like this today, what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day? And all we get ourselves really worked up in fear because I'm putting everything off to what's going to happen and what could happen and what might happen, rather than just saying. I have no power over tomorrow. I have no power over what could happen. All I have power over is my moment today. And then as we step out and use our freedom that we already have, which is just the power of choice, we make power, we make, we use our power every moment of every day. We either choose to believe the lie or choose to believe the truth. We choose to love life or we choose to hate life. We choose to see how you know horrible my life has been, or I can choose to look and pull some gold out of you know the dirt or something. Uh, we we all have that power of choice, and the more we practice that, the more we're going to be able to see the fruits of our labors. And but it's it's not just me making the decision. It's me submitting myself to the Lordship of Christ and say, God, what do you say about me? Because sometimes our truth is not the truth. So I have to recognize, I know what I'm thinking right now is not the truth. So I have to just trust my creator enough to believe that what he says about me is the truth, even though I don't feel it, even though it doesn't seem like my reality. I make a choice right now to use my power to believe what God says. Yeah,
2: yeah. I want to go back to a a question that you asked earlier, but the question was, well, what is freedom? Mm. How do you define freedom? So these are some things that I actually thought of how you can kind of start defining what true freedom is. The first one is, is it based in reality? Meaning, does freedom mean I'll never have a negative thought? Yeah, so good. Well, that's not re- reality. We're going to have negative thoughts. We're going to have off days. Yeah. So let's say you're, let's go back to the weight thing. There are going to be some days where you eat a whole pizza. It's going to happen, <laughs> right? Happen. There's off days. <laughs> just just don't let it turn into off weeks and off months. <laughs> All right, I'm talking about myself here. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, I could tell you a story about me and a cake. <laughs> me <laughs> that, and a that cake. Might have happened this week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here. You didn't see my face when I said that now I'm joking.
1: Oh, I know you won't judge me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I'm in the same boat. So is it based in reality? Will I will I never fall to temptation? Yeah, you probably will.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, so you can't. You can't say, well, freedom means never failing or (laughs) never falling into it. Or Or I'll never
0: feel bad or I won't have a bad day or something's not going to go wrong. Or
2: I won't ever believe a lie from the enemy (laughs) is probably going to happen. But freedom, you're going to gain freedom and you're going to get stronger. And it is a process. So one thing that you also have to under or define freedom as is sometimes freedom is progressive. So, you have to look for mile markers. You have Mm. to say, okay, where I was three weeks ago, where I was a year ago is totally different. And sometimes you can't always see it. So good. Sometimes you need a mirror, right? And sometimes you need a friend or a brother or a sister, right, to speak into those things. So good. Another thing is freedom does not excuse you from the law of love. So. For you to say, well, I want freedom, so that means I can walk in stupidity. Well, <laughs> that just causes more bondage. So freedom is not just doing whatever you want. That's not true freedom. And this goes back to what I was saying before, is surrendering surrendering your way to His way. And so I, I bring this scripture verse up a lot. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Mm-hmm. So how do you clearly define freedom? Do you allow, do you give place for the Spirit to have authority in your life? In that place, you will have freedom, as Scripture states.
1: So good. Yeah, just this week I was talking to a friend and I was like, you know, sometimes I just want it to be at a point where I'm not working on anything. (laughs) meaning, like, self-work. Like, there's nothing that I'm, like, working on. And I was like, I just don't think we hit that point. I don't either. (laughs) I I was
2: like, are you thinking about when you're going to die? Because that's like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was just kind of like I was just just talking, wasn't thinking about it too much, but it was just kind of like... Yeah, the Lord revealed this to me this week. (laughs) That's
2: why they call it rest in peace.
1: I guess. Oh,
2: gosh. (laughs) Because it's over. It's done. You don't got to work on anything
1: else. Actually, I'm not convinced we don't have to work on things beyond. We just won't have the opposition. Well, that that would be extra biblical. Yeah. On the other side. Yeah, I I get (laughs) what you're saying. Yeah. But so it was just like a... I was just uh, extrapolating, <laughs> just just being like, well, I guess we're working on this now. So I think, can that be like, you know, tiring or, or whatever? Sure. But I also think we can look at it and say, well, that means that I'm going to continue to get freedom if I allow him to be Lord in that area of my life. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for freedom as you'll never be working on anything, I just think that's denial. (laughs) Um, And you also said, uh, it was the second... To the last point you made,
2: freedom can be progressive.
1: Oh freedom. yeah, progressive. Yeah, I'm big. I'm big on celebrating the little wins. Like yes. I think it's really, really important uh, when we're trying to get to this place or or have a goal or um, you know striving towards freedom. Um, every little win I think is worth celebrating. Yes. Um, and sometimes we just belittle them. We just we're like, well, yeah, I had a good thought, but the next one, mm-hmm. who knows what I'll do? Like I think when you overcome in that moment, whatever, how, however small it seems is acknowledging it, that, um, you know, saying, thank you, Jesus. Um, and just celebrating that. Cause I think even, even biologically that teaches your brain, like, I like this, I want to mm-hmm. keep doing this. Um, so not just like not downplaying what might seem like a really little
0: thing because those things add up. I, I love this scripture. It says a righteous man. Righteous means right actions. So here is a person that is righteous. They function in right actions. And what happens to that righteous man? He falls down seven (laughs) times and he has to get back up again, right? So that righteous man in God's eyes saying he is a righteous man or she is a righteous woman is going to fall down seven times. But then we keep making that powerful choice, that's freedom, to get back up again. And if you keep getting back up, then that shows that you're a righteous man who's walking out your salvation with fear and trembling you know, you know, none of us will arrive. And even when we think we're really doing good, something's going to happen. We go, oh man, that was really the pits. And, you know, <laughs> but you get back up and you keep going. And it's not an excuse for quote unquote failure. It's just the reality of living in a fallen world. It's just the reality of being a work in progress, which I agree, Katie, I think will be a work in progress for all eternity because we will never be God. So we'll always have something to learn. We'll always have places to grow and become and discover. And I think that's going to be an eternal experience. But praise God, we won't have yeah. the world, the flesh, and the devil you know, <laughs> fighting us in that process then. So right now, think how beautiful it is in the midst of living in a difficult world with all its challenges, with all its ups and downs. um, We really, God has given us power right now and he's given us the freedom to choose him.
1: Yeah. And just one last thing that I wanted to add was uh, the power of hope. Mm -hmm. Um, I just ties in. I just uh, read a book about an Auschwitz survivor and he just talked about if you, if you don't have hope, you won't make it. Um, And so like, I think that is super, super, super important. Is that Viktor Frankl? No. Oh, so I am. Um, oh. But um, but just keeping that, that there is hope. Because if you think that you'll never get there, if you don't have hope for it, I don't think you will get there. I think you have to keep that, that I am not perfect, that I am I am far from where I want to be, but keeping that there is a potential that I will get there. Um because I just think it's super, super essential. Um, And so one thing with that, um, I think one thing to help with hope is remembering, is remembering what God has done for us um, in the past, times where we've seen him come through for us in the past. Uh, And if you can't access that in your own life, where if it's just too cloudy that you can't even see where the good has been in your own life, start to look at what has happened in other people's life. Read a book on an Auschwitz survivor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You need to see um, Mm -hmm. someone else that has been through hell on earth um, and how they came through that. Uh, Because the more we kind of stir that up inside of ourselves, it gives us that access um, towards future and towards hope and towards making the one step at a time. Uh, Because if you don't, if you don't, if there's no hope, you won't even make the one step because you have to believe that you're actually getting somewhere. Um, And so just accessing hope, whatever that looks like for you, uh, if it's talking with someone, um, if it's you know looking at other people's lives, however that looks, read the, read every scripture you can find on hope, uh, and just keep that before you because there is hope, and because um, when you seek something, you will find. When you um, ask, He will answer you, and so there there is always hope for a future in Jesus.
0: That uh, I'm reading uh, a biography, an autobiography by Victor Frankel, who is. Uh, he was in three concentration camps and with. He lost his whole family. His pregnant wife you know, was killed. I mean, went through horrific torture. And his whole message is finding the value of meaning in life. And I think, my goodness, in the midst of what we can't even imagine— drive was there is meaning to life. There is value to life. So really there is hope. So look what we have. Look at the opportunities we have. We can find value even in the process.
2: I added, I wanted to add one more thing when we, when you kind of evaluate or assess your growth, or evaluate and assess your freedom, make sure you're not doing it every five minutes. (laughs) It's kind of like if your goal was to lose weight and you get on the scale like every hour, you're going to be in shock because I forget what it is. I think it's a swing from three to five pounds just throughout the day that your body will... Like when you even look at a fighter that prepares for a fight, they can lose all this water weight to make weight. They can lose up to yeah. ten to fifteen to twenty pounds mm-hmm. of just water weight. Yeah, and so that's why I think it's important that if you're judging your freedom, you got to do it at mile markers. Like there is a there is a um, a period of time that has to lapse before you kind of reassess. Where you're at,
1: or so. even just recognizing that um, freedom is not linear. Mm-hmm. That you're gonna like it just because you you gain three pounds doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I, going like with the weight thing, like if I do get if I do get on the scale, but when I do get on the scale, like recognize that there's an average. Like if yeah. I got on the scale every day and I lost some or I gained some. Like it's more of like okay, where is my average? And yeah. as the average goes down, that that tells me that I'm um, reaching the goal that I'm trying to go after.
1: Yeah. Yep. Look for the net. <laughs> the net good. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I don't well, want to do the last
0: question. Yeah, I think we'll skip it. <laughs> <Like>
1: how how <laughs> honest you are? I just don't
0: want to. <laughs> I mean we're at an hour, so this yeah. is good. when I was when I was talking
2: to the person that, that listened to the show, they're like, you guys are really brutally honest or <laughs> something like, like I appreciate all your honesty. You're very real. I was like, I don't think of us as being that, but I guess apparently to some people we are. <laughs> That's why I'm not a coach, you know, like for little kids. I was like, I don't think parents would appreciate my...
0: (laughs) Just say, are you sure you even want to play this? (laughs) Well, my son has a coach
2: (laughs) that he cracks me up. He said to a kid, oh, it's not your fault, buddy. He just placed the ball in your hands. (laughs) I was like, I like this guy. (laughs) Some passive aggressive... God. Don't worry about it. It's not your fault, buddy. You just put it in your hands.
1: I don't even know what that means. It means well, the ball know. was right there yeah, and he
0: dropped it, and he threw it. threw it and, it and it hit his hands. It couldn't have been a better throw.
2: I was like, I like this guy. God. He was in the military, so he's probably toning it down a little bit. Hopefully. <laughs> I was like, but, "This is great."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we've settled that. We don't want to do the next question, so <laughs> so we're gonna end it there. But uh, like our podcast, yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say, you want we need to plug anything? <laughs> like, subscribe, share to the Life Exchange podcast. Um, it's we would like some more reviews as well if if you wouldn't mind. We don't have very many reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you have nice things to say about us. (laughs) Five stars. (laughs) Not just the five stars. Those are great. We want those. But if you have have one nice sentence that you want to write as a review, that would be wonderful. Very much appreciate it. Yeah. So, well, that's all we got. So we will be here next time. We'll be here next week. I promise. So that's all we got.
2: We're not helping you they're out not, at all. They're
1: not going to add <laughs> any bit of help. <laughs> so.
2: Do you want to say a funny story before we end? Mom?
1: <laughs> no, no, uh, that's
0: okay. <laughs> Everybody's turning it off. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, reaching for the... <laughs> no, sorry.
1: I don't want to have to explain it after.
2: <laughs> when I was six and my dog died. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a callback. You're going to have to dig through and find that (laughs) Easter egg. All right. That's all we got. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light
0: and have a great week. Thank you.